It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 707 at News Talk WSB, 51 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful. And all you do to avail yourself of this advice is give me a call, 404-872-0750, or on Twitter, just hashtag AskWalter, hashtag AskWalter, and get your question answered that way. I do, though, want to get a little uh, sober, a little more information here that we need to pass on that I think is just the greatest thing. The big hearts at WSV have opened themselves up to the the family of Officer Chase Maddox, some of you heard on the news this past week, he was a Locust Grove officer who was called for backup to a site and sadly was shot and lost his life. His wife then gave birth to their second child right after that. And so Mark Aram here at WSB has started his own um, donation account, GoFundMe account for the children of Officer Maddox. And Clark Howard has agreed to supervise this account. So how many people are going to have an account for college for you know a child supervised by Clark Howard. So Mark Aram has set this up. Clark Howard is supervising. There's a link at wsbradio.com. We go to our link, wsbradio.com. Right at the top of the page, there's a banner there. You can donate. The goal is $20,000. Clark Howard, of course, is going to multiply that many times by the time these kids are in college. But you can go and donate there. We've got what, eight, dollars $9,000, I think, already. You can make it more than that. Again, wsbradio.com, and consider donating to the to the, well, you have the official thing here. Chase Maddox is the, uh, is the father and the children, again, uh, are the ones who will benefit from this fund. His funeral, by the way, is today. And if you want to go and attend the, uh, the procession, I guess is what it would be uh, best for you to do. That's going to be today at McDonough. We'll go down to McDonough Square sometime between 10 and 10.30, I think it's going to be this morning in McDonough. At nine minutes past the hour, we've got Bob in Marietta, Georgia. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, Walter, how you doing? I'm all right. What's going on? I'd like to ask you about some banana trees. Talk to me. But also, if I may, I would also like to ask you about one of your former producers. All right. Well, so, go, let's do the banana tree first. What's going on there? Okay. I have some banana trees planted in my yard. Yep. Every winter, obviously, I cut them down about four to six inches above the ground, depending on maturity. Okay. I put some tomato racks over them and fill that with pastoral and leaves. Good. So far, so good. But with the rain we've had and we're going to have and the warm weather, I'm afraid they're going to come up prematurely, and we're not even out of February. <laughs> so what what do you want to do then, Bob? Well, do you want to? Well, I'm, I'm afraid they'll freeze again. Well, put more tomato racks and more leaves and straw around them. <laughs> I guess all you, you can't cut them back. If you cut them back, you're cutting into the meristem, the place that they make their growth from. And the, when they're that young, the, the growth point is pretty close to where you're going to be cutting. So you can't cut them back. All you can do is continue to protect and insulate them for the rest of the cold season this year. Okay, okay. So if they come up, I just put some more 
I saw leaves on them. I passed a house this morning on the way to work that had 20 bags. If it was 20, maybe 30 bags of leaves. You can find leaves right now, Bob. Put it all around your bananas. And when they oh, when it does get warmed oh. up good, then you rake the leaves off and use it for mulch or put them in bags and put them back out on the street. I, I love to see your pine trees. Yeah. And I have no trees, so have plenty of straw and leaves. So real quick, what was your other question about producing producers on the show? Uh, you used to have a producer named, well, that's not a Strom. No. Strom? Oh, Teresa Strom. Yeah, sure, yeah, of course, Teresa, Teresa sure, uh, yeah. Was she from Tennessee, maybe? No, she's from Savannah. Oh. Hey, know somebody. <laughs> His last name is Strom. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's unusual. As it is. Well, now, Alan, her husband, I'm not sure where Alan is from. That's her, Shrum is her married name, so I'm not really sure. Oh, oh, oh. Here you go. I know, though, Bob, that this past week I got an email from a guy that says, are you kin to the Reeves photography guy who used to have a big uh, studio across from um, the Shriners Temple there in uh, downtown Atlanta on Ponce de Leon? And I had to answer, no, I'm not any kin to him. I'm sure he's a very nice person. But people over the years have asked me, am I kin to this Reeves I used to know or that Reeves I used to know? And most of the time, most of the time it's no, I'm not. But uh, occasionally somebody will find me and I'll say, yeah, I know that cousin. I know that person. I'm kin to them. How about that? Bob, thanks so much for calling. Let's go to the phones to David in Lawrenceville. Hey, David. Good morning. Appreciate your call and time. Sure. What can I do for you? Well, I live on a lot that is very sandy. We we have a creek that runs through our property, and it is very shady. We've kept it natural for the wildlife. Yeah. And I'm looking for a, a maybe a native ground cover uh, to help hold that soil back. Being it's very sandy, I haven't done very well yet. <laughs> Pachysandra would be a good choice for you. Native. And there are two kinds of Pachysandra, P-A-C-H-Y-S-A-N-D-R-A, Pachysandra. Um, there's an Asian form. It's a little more vigorous and is more common probably at nurseries, but there's also a native Pachysandra that uh, is, works great as a ground cover, and you could use that. Another one for ground cover would be a plant called Green, green and Gold, uh, Chrysogonum. And so Green and Gold or Pachysandra, either one are native, and they would cover the ground pretty nicely for you. Okay. No. I'll give it a go and let you know how it works. You're going to ask me. You should ask me anyway, David. Well, how can I find these? Do I go to a nursery? Where do I get them? Let me give you a, a great source for native plants particularly. There is a botanical garden in South DeKalb County called the Georgia Native Plant Botanical Garden and Ferns of the World Exhibit, I guess you'd call it. It's right mm -hmm. next to Perimeter College. If you've ever been down in that direction, Perimeter College yeah. off of uh, Candler Road, Panthersville Road down there. And the Native Plant Botanical Garden has sales two or three times a year where they sell native Pachysandra. And, okay. again, I'm not sure you're going to find that so much at local nurseries, but the Native Plant Botanical Garden does sell it. And so it's worth your while to go down there and see what they have on sale. When they have a sale, you go to the website, of course, and um, go touring through all the native plants they have. If you like native plants, it gives you a lot more ideas of which ones grow well in Georgia. Okay, yeah, we, we try to stay native where we can for the Good. wildlife, and just to, if it's native, it should do well here, right? And be sure to check out the Georgia Native Plant Society website, because a whole society of people just like you, David, 
who love yeah, native plants, yeah. and they do rescues sometimes. If you're a member, they'll alert you where there's going to be a development, and there are ferns and azaleas and things in the woods. They say, if you want to come dig under the supervision of a trained volunteer, then you can go out and dig things out of the woods and take it to your house. So the Georgia Native Plant Society is a great group of people as well. Okay. All right. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling, David. We got Ben in Cumming, Georgia. Hey, Ben. Good morning. Hey, Walter. How are you, buddy? Doing all right, man. Hey, I've got the Bermuda grass, and uh, I've got clover. Yeah. And there's another spreading type of, uh, I guess I'd call it a weed. It sometimes looks like it has a little white flower on top. Probably chickweed. And I bought some uh, name brand turf builder to yeah. spray on it, weed and feed. Yeah. And reading the directions, it says don't put it on until the grass is fully green. Yeah. And... Um, you know, that's going to be a, a while yet. A while yet to do. <laughs> I didn't know what I could put on it to, to, to kill the, the there weed. Are plenty, uh, there are plenty of different what we call post-emergent sprays you put on, and there are you know, three main brands that I use pretty commonly. And I've used all three of them. Uh, Bonide, you got Bonide Weed Beater Complete. It's a sprayable uh, product you get at Pike. There's a Bayer season-long weed control you can get from most any big box store. Also the Ortho Weed Be Gone Max. And the three of those have some pre-emergent activity, but mostly it's a post-emergent chemical that kills most of the broadleaf weeds. So if you've got clover and maybe chickweed in there, Ben, I would use one of the sprayable broadleaf weed killers and follow the directions, of course, and apply it correctly. And that will keep you out of the, out of the problem of feeding your Bermuda when it really can't be fed. It does not need to be fed until it's about 90% green. And so the instructions on the bag were correct. You can't use or you should not use. You'll waste your money if you do uh, put a fertilizer out this early in the season. Okay, what were those, uh, the first two you mentioned? Let's see, there's Bonide Weed Beater Complete. Get that from Pike. Uh, then the Bayer Season Long Weed Control. Get that from any big box store. And the Ortho Weed Begun Max. Same okay. Deal. All right, thank you, bud. All right, man. Good talking to you, Ben. Bye. We've got Al in Jones Hill. Al, where is, I know it's in Fayette County somewhere. Where is Jones Hill? Uh, it's between Sonora and uh, Fayetteville. Is it still in Fayette County or get down to Coweta County? Oh, yeah, it's Fayette County. You know Margaret Jones. Of course. And where, how, far, how far is it from Brooks? Uh, it's probably west of there. I don't know, about a mile and a half, two miles. Huh. My dad would mention going to Jones Hill, and I never was quite clear where it was, Al. So you've given you me more information than I had. Go right through it. All right. So what's your question this morning, Al? Uh, I sighted this place about 30 years ago with St. Augustine grass, and over the last 30 years it changed over to centipede, which right. is fine with me. Last year the crop was pretty sick looking out there, and it didn't green up and get real thick like it normally does. Yeah. And I've had a soil sample done through UGA up there, and uh, they're calling for phosphorus uh, and uh, potassium. some potassium. And I did the soil samples about 12 feet apart, and the two uh, cures are quite different from each other yeah. being that close. Tell you what do, Al. Hang on just a minute here. I am looking at my clock thinking I am way late here. Let me put you on hold and consider to myself where we're going to get some potassium okay. and phosphorus to you put in. Okay, you got to pay the bills. And I'll come right back to you as soon as we get through the break, all right? Yes, sir.
Talk to you in just a second, Al. Thanks for calling. It's 718, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Very nice, Alan. Yeah, these guys got a feature in the radio business, Alan Hunt. Doing a great job engineering today in, in place of Jason Byers. Today, a weather forecast brought to you by Ackerman Security. A 50% chance of rain today. Showers maybe. Highs overnight reaching around 70. Highs during the day, I should say, around 70. Overnight around 55 or 6 degrees. Tomorrow, some sun, some stray light showers possible in the afternoon. Highs in the mid-60s and a low 55 degrees tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Before we talk to Al for a few minutes more, let's do the weekend prize pack real quickly. Ashley is thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins to get tickets to see the Steve Miller Band and Peter Frampton on Tuesday, July 17 at Verizon Amphitheater. Wow, Steve Miller and Peter Frampton, that'd be good to go to. Who's going to win, Ash? Me. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, now. For real? Caller for, 4. Caller for real, caller 4 to 404-741-0750. Fourth caller to 404-741-0750 to see Steve Miller and Peter Frampton on Tuesday, July 17. Our friend Al is here with us again. So Al, let's talk some more about your um, potassium. Did you need to add or phosphorus or whatever it was you wanted to put in your landscape? So take us up to the story, Al. Okay, uh... On this uh, phosphorus, I need to add to my centipede. Yeah. Uh, it says after spring green up. That's when they say to apply it. Is yeah, that correct? That is correct. Again, as I told the guy earlier with Bermuda grass, until the grass is green, it's not able to take up fertilizer. So why put it out early when it's going to get washed away and not yeah. used by the grass? So, yeah, after it greens up in late April. Okay, Walter. Thank you, buddy. And if you need it. phosphorus, the usual source of phosphorus is called triple superphosphate, which is 0046. When you see yeah, that's, that. that's what's on the sheet. Yeah. 46000. And you may have to hunt around a little bit for that in Fayette County. Yeah, or Griffin one pound place. thousand feet. That's not very much. Yeah, you won't find... You, it won't be hard to find, I should say, in Griffin. I think there's a couple of feed stores down there that you can find the 0046 there. Thanks for calling, Al. Okay, buddy. 727 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.35 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. 51 degrees outside. This is a great Saturday to get something done this morning. Showers may be coming this afternoon, a little bit tomorrow perhaps as well, but warm outside. Very, very pleasant working conditions. If you haven't planted fescue grass, get around to that. would be a good thing to do today. If you have not fertilized your fescue, that you have an existing fescue lawn, today would be a great day to do that as well. 404-872-0750 gets you in to ask questions on the Lawn and Garden Show. And Andy 
And McDonough is first in line. Hey, Andy. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi, Andy. How can I help? I have a question about my winter Daphne. Okay. Um, I planted it probably five years ago, mm-hmm. and I did it the way you described with the soil mixture. It was right. in Georgia Gardner or one of the magazines, one of your books. Um, and it was doing very well. Well, probably this fall, I noticed that the top of the Daphne didn't have leaves. Huh. They had just kind of fallen off. So I've got the branch, and then I've got beautiful blooms, the whole the whole Daphne is yeah. covered in blooms, but it doesn't have any leaves on the top. Now, down on the bottom, some of the branches on the bottom have the green leaf with the the white border. Sure. Um, and it's blooming. So I'm not quite sure, and I've asked gardener friends, and I figured you would know. Maybe, maybe. When did you notice the leaves being gone from the top of the shrub? It was fall. It was before we got all this cold weather. Okay, so it wasn't the cold that somehow froze it off or did something bad to it that way. Right. I'm, I'm and I fertilized think, with milorganite. Yeah, you've done perfectly. You planted it correctly, fertilized it with the milorganite. It was the right thing to do there. And is it in sun, shade? What kind of environment does it have? It's um, near a fence, so it gets some protection there. It's in... Morning sun, afternoon shade. Doggone, that's great, Andy. <laughs> why has it got the bare leaves at the top then? You tell me why. I don't know why. I don't know. It's just uh, these little, it's the branches yeah. and then these blooms at the top of it. You know, one of, the, one of the reasons that gardening is such a fascination is sometimes things happen without us knowing why it happens. I do my best to try to find out the whys of why plants behave the way they do. But yours presents me with something I don't know why. And the only thing I can suggest that we do is to give it a couple of weeks, a couple of months maybe, and call me back in late April, early May, sometime in there, and let's find out what happened. Did it, I mean, we'll be on tenterhooks until then. We we'll won't know what happened to Andy's Daphne until you call us back and say okay. it, it sprouted new leaves, it looks fabulous now, or all the rest of the leaves fell off of it, it's all wilted and falling over on the sides. <laughs> That'll be the answer to that story. And some of the leaves that are left have brown on the edge, um, and then they turn a little bit yellow. So I think that's what they're doing. I think they've turned brown a little, and then a little yellow, and then fallen off. Let me ask you this, Andy. Do the leaves have a period before they fall off that they're wilted looking, and they just sort of droop and don't look healthy, like they don't have enough water in them? No. Even the ones that are browning and yellow are still standing up nicely. Okay, that's actually really good news because there's a root rot called Phytophthora root rot, and the symptoms are what I described earlier. The leaves wilt. They look really droopy on the plant. No matter how much water you give it, it doesn't recover, and that's because the root rot causes uh, clogs up the tubes in the roots so they can't get water to the plant no matter how much you put down. And uh, it's not generally curable, so I'm glad it doesn't sound like you have the Phytophthora. I think we wait for a little while, Andy, and call me back and let me know. Okay. I'll Should I fertilize it, it this spring? When was the last time you put milorganite on it? Last fall. My inclination is to say that's enough. Leave it alone. Let it, okay. Let it figure out what it's going to do on its own without simulating it in a direction it might not want to have. So let's leave it alone. It won't hurt it to not fertilize in the spring. Okay. All right.
I look Thank forward to talking so much, to you Walter. again, Andy. Thanks Have for calling. Have a lovely day. All righty. Bye. Hmm, that was a curious call. What would cause a daphne to lose the leaves at the top? Not after cold weather, after just the normal fall, pretty normal fall. We had a little bit dry, of course. I don't know. We'll wait for Andy to come back to us. We'll check in again and see what goes on. We got Pierce in Murrayville. Pierce, join us on Lonely Garden, man. How are you? Hey. Hey, hey how are you today? I'm all right. What's going on? I've got a white azalea bush, and it's got kind of a long history. Um, it belonged to my grandmother, mm-hmm. and when she moved off of Waters Road in Atlanta in the 60s, she transplanted it to come in Georgia. Wow. When she passed away, my mom transplanted it back down to Decatur and then moved it to McDonough, and now I have it in Merville. Wow, Pierce. Um, and my wife wants to cut it back, and I don't want to do that. It's, it's <laughs> really big. It's got beautiful flowers. I'm, yeah. I don't really want to prune it. Um, what would you suggest? Why does she particularly want to prune it? Is it too big for the site, or what's going on? Well, I mean, it's, we've got like an acre and three quarters, and about a third of our land is to like the lawn goes into the woods. Yeah. We've got trees and standing trees. It's right at the edge of the woods. She just wants to trim it back because she thinks it's too big and it's going to hurt it to keep growing like that. Mm. And I don't think it's going to hurt it at all because I've seen West Paces Ferry, some of those old growth azaleas oh, down man, there that are eight, huge. Seven, eight feet tall, easy. Yeah, sure. Mm. And um, But what I want to that's one thing about pruning it. Is it going to hurt it? Is it going to stress it? What's, if it what's is healthy, the, pruning will not hurt it. So that's the point it, for your wife. But if it's healthy right. and you don't need to prune it, why prune it? That's the point for you. Uh, uh, I will sometimes wade into marital discussions, Pierce, but today I'm going to abstain. You and your wife are going to have to figure this out. Um, okay. But it won't hurt it to leave it alone. It won't hurt it to prune it probably either way. If it's a healthy plant, it's going to respond. I would, I'm sure, wait till after it's flowered because you want to enjoy the flowers anyway. Right. And if you do that right after the flowering is finished, you won't have any problem in pruning back and letting it re-sprout, and it'll just be smaller for a while, then it'll re-sprout to the size that it wants to be. So I'll tell you why, if you prune it one time, it's certainly not going to stay at that size for very long. It'll be back at where it is now in a couple of years. Oh, okay. All right, and my next question is, because it is, I call it an heirloom bush. Yes, sir. (laughs) Um, This thing's older than me, and I'm almost 60. Oh, man, all right. um, My next question is, I would love to get to find a way to root some cuttings and pass it on to my kids. Yeah, we can do that. You don't do it now. Now it's too cold outside to even try to do do what I'm going to suggest to you. Mm-hmm. I have pictures of this on my website, so if you go to WalterReeves.com and just type propagation or shrub propagate or something like that, you'll, you'll get uh-huh. the pictures for it. But what I have used before with great success on azaleas is to take the cutting in mid-June when it's got some new growth on it and there's little stems that you can crack open when you bend it, it cracks rather than bending uh-huh. it limply. And you get a two-liter Coke bottle and you cut it in half. The bottom, I've cut it really in thirds, a third in the bottom and then two-thirds above. You cut it uh-huh. in a third, and the bottom third you fill with potting soil, and then the top part of it you just have a way of taping it onto the bottom. Once you've stuck a couple of cuttings in there, you make the cuttings, and you about six inches long. You dip them a little bit in some rooting hormones, stick it into the into the soil. You can put two or three maybe in there at one time, and tape the top back on it so you have a little greenhouse, a little greenhouse. Take the lid off so it has a little air to breathe in and out. Usually okay. where I put it outside is under the umbrella. I have a patio, and I have a patio set with a, an umbrella over the top 
and the uh-huh. light under that umbrella is just perfect for rooting. Things will root there within four to six weeks. Okay. But again, all wow. the pictures and stuff like that is on my website, so just search there for if you want the pictures for it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's a well, really I, cool thing. When you propagate shrubs, you get five or 10 or 15 even, you think, man, I am good. I am rich with Zay's. <laughs> give it to all the kids. Give it to their neighbors. Give it to your neighbors. Yeah, everybody gets some. Oh, good. Well, that's awesome. Because I, I was thinking about doing that and maybe making Christmas gifts out yeah, of it. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's a great idea, Pierce. Yeah. All righty, man. I appreciate it. That's Thank great, you, Walter. great talking to you, Pierce. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. We got David is in Oxford, Georgia, out in Newton County. Hey, David. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right. All right. What I have is uh, a couple of frost-proof gardenias. One was uh, planted a year after the other one. Got it. And the early one, uh, I started losing its leaves last summer, yellowing and then falling off. So it looks a little bit like a skeleton right yeah. now. Uh. Uh, and uh, I just noticed that the leaves are starting to turn brown and shrivel up and, and fall off again. Uh, and I noticed also that the second uh, gardenia um, is starting to turn yellow. Hmm. Uh, it still has all its leaves, but it's not as deep green as it used to be. You know, if the whole plant is, as you described, not as deep green as it used to be, the whole plant, not just tips of the branches, not just the interior leaves, but whole plant looking not right. like it is right. You heard a caller just a few minutes ago mention they use milorganite, and milorganite is a really, really good slow-release organic fertilizer that you can put on gardenias and give it some, some food right now and some food later on in the spring as it slowly releases the nutrients. So you could use either milorganite, that's one source. Another product is uh, Hollytone. You can find that at garden centers pretty easily, Hollytone. And uh, Pike sells this real good azalea camellia fertilizer, which you can use on gardenias. Uh, it's made by E.B. Stone. So E.B. Stone, azalea camellia food, or hollytone, or milorganite, any of those three would work fine to fertilize the gardenia because it sounds like it might be a little hungry right now. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and feed it then. <laughs> All right, then. Go ahead and feed it. It's simple to do, and the gardenia very likely is going to appreciate it. Yes, it will. Okay, I have a quick question about a uh, crepe myrtle. Really, really, really quick. Go for it. Somebody told me that there's different sizes of crepe myrtles, and that's why mine is not growing up to the second story. Could very well be. Yeah, the tree-form crepe myrtles, I've got one in the front yard that's 30, if it's not 40 feet tall. And then there's a little bitty one back in the back. The pokemoke is 3 feet tall, and that's the tallest it's going to be. And my Natchez in the front yard is real tall like a tree. So, yeah, you can look at the label, and there's lots. There's 20 or 30 varieties of crepe myrtles with every color in the rainbow and different heights and spreading forms and things like that. Very good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sure, David. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. Let's go to the things that I want to announce today, one of which is if you go to my website, WalterReeves.com, up in the upper right-hand corner, it says subscribe to newsletter. And I'm really trying to promote the newsletter because I work so hard on it, and I think it's got a lot of good information in it, too. And it is free. Beyond that, it is free. So this last issue, we had a thing on pruning crepe myrtles. That was a good thing to write about because it's pruning crepe myrtle time in the wintertime. Time to get that done if you need to. Another article about how to remove an encircling root around a Japanese maple. And I was really, really pleased to see that this person really, they sent me an after picture of cutting the root off this Japanese maple. A very common thing that happens with trees, particularly those that are grown in pots, is the roots tend to circle around. 
And sometimes those roots will circle very tightly to the trunk. And as the trunk gets bigger and the root gets bigger over the years, the root will strangle the tree. Literally, the root will strangle the tree. And so this person had a Japanese maple with the root that was strangling the bottom of the tree. And she said, what should I do? And we agree, me and Norm Mitleider, who's my Japanese maple expert, we agree you need to take that root away using a chisel or a little sharp saw to get the root out of the way so it's no longer pressing against the bottom of the tree. All this stuff is free. It's in the newsletter. It comes in every other Thursday. And you subscribe to it by going to WalterReeves.com and clicking on the button up in the upper right-hand corner. It's 7.48. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, showers possible throughout the day. Don't know quite when they're going to come through. High today, maybe 70 in some places around Atlanta. Low tonight in the mid-50s. Tomorrow, highs around, well, let's say 65, 68 degrees tomorrow. And a low of 55 overnight. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Lottie is out in Rockdale County and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Lottie, hey, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, I'm Mr. great. Eddie? How can I help? I wanted to know for my neighbor. She want she has Bermuda grass. Is it yeah. time to put fertilizer on her grass now? Hmm. Tell you what, do go to your neighbor and say neighbor. What's your neighbor's name, Lottie? Bernice. Say Bernice. If you were asleep in the middle of the night and I came over and poked you in the side and said, "Here, Bernice, here's a sandwich and here's some cookies and here's some uh, soft drink to eat." Do you think you would appreciate that, Bernice? And if Bernice says, no, I wouldn't appreciate you waking me up to feed me in the middle of the night, you say, Lottie, you say to her, that is the same thing as feeding Bermuda grass now. It is asleep. It does not want to be fed right now when it's brown. Okay. So talk to Bernice and come to an understanding that you feed the Bermuda grass. In fact, let me give a sort of a broad overall recommendation for all of the winter dormant grasses, which means Bermuda grass and zoysia grass, um, St. Augustine, centipede grass, all four of those, they're dormant right now. They cannot absorb nutrients. Nothing happens to make them want to take any food in. And they won't take anything in until they're around 75 to 90 percent green. That's when they start taking nutrients in. Of course, when they're fully green, they can take anything they want to. And so you just wait. You just have to wait until the, any of them are 75 to 80 to 90 percent green. And that will not happen usually until mid-April. Keep your eye on the grass. But that's what you do is wait till they're green and growing and then fertilize. All right. Thank you so much. I listen to you every morning. Thank you so Lottie, much. I'm for so the glad you called. Thank you for calling this morning. Thank you, and you have a blessed day. You bet. Bye bye. 404 750 is the number you can dial if you want to get your question answered this morning. One more thing about my news, about my website, I should say, is you can follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, even, and on Pinterest. The only thing I have is pictures of weeds because so many people want to know do I have chickweed? Do I have henbit? Do I have crabgrass? Do I have whatever weed that I've thought of that people have called in and written me about. So I just have pictures of weeds and a link to how to control that particular weed. So if you go on Pinterest, look for Walter Reeves, and you can see all of my weed pictures there and the directions on how to control them in your landscape. A number again, 404 750 We will be back right after news.